Good morning. My name is Alex Langer, and I'm CEO of Sierra Madre Gold and Silver. Sierra Madre is a development company focused on the restart of the fully permitted Lagatara Silver and Gold Mine, located about 120 kilometers just southwest of Mexico City. I could just see you, Alex. Um, I, and thanks for taking the call and making the time for us. Okay. I'm you're here to help me solve a problem, right? Um, we've been reaching out to lots of Mexican uh, silver companies, uh, can, about 80% of them Canadian. Um, they are struggling at the moment. They're struggling with not just capital markets, but specifically about what's happening down in Mexico. Maybe give, give me a sense of you know your read of Mexico and mining uh, there at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So Mexico as a country, obviously a lot of their GDP comes from mining, oil and gas. Um, you know, Latin America right now, we, we kind of see kind of this left side coming up and, and politicians kind of pandering towards the, those groups. And we saw it in South America when I was part of Millennial Lithium. You know, we were in Argentina. And at that time, Argentina was you know, the best mining jurisdiction in all of South America, which is, was a little scary. Um, so we kind of foresaw that a little bit within Mexico itself. Um, so when we had an opportunity to acquire the Lagatara mine, which is fully permitted and, and not really needing to deal with a lot of those other issues where if you're trying to permit an open pit right now, it would be extraordinarily difficult. Uh, I think it would be impossible during this administration. Um, that's one of the reasons why we went for a fully permitted operate, uh, former producing mine uh, where the permits were in place as opposed to going through that whole rigmarole which really takes a lot of time and a lot of money, and especially in these capital markets right now, which can be really challenging. Having that as a leg up really de-risks the project, and that's the key for anything we're doing. It's wealth creation with any of these companies. Right, and so just stick with Mexico um, at, at the moment. Obviously, those the kind of I we've been writing about and hearing about you know socialist undertones for the last three four years in South America more broadly, and as you say, you know, rippling up to Mexico um, as well. What is it that you're having to deal with in, in country in terms of what, what are the demands? Are they that onerous or is it just a case of it, it's an uncertainty? It's, around what specifically it, it's uncertainty. And the market absolutely hates uncertainty. So that's that's the issue. A lot of the big majors were chatting, quite a few of them, and, and they've stopped exploring right now. Some of the biggest names, you'd be surprised. They have big, large projects. Obviously, they're producing. They're doing really well, especially with these metal prices. It's amazing. But in terms of their expiration dollar, they're not spending it in the ground. They're spending it lobbying, actually. So uh, I think there's going to be um, you know, some changes to, to what's coming. Uh, but for them, uh, the focus is just on the current production and then lobbying the government to you know remove some of those restrictions uh, for newer projects moving forward. Right. Okay. And okay. So let's come back to your project specifically and the kind of workarounds that you, you have, I guess, engineered into the asset and the plan for that asset. Okay. Per permit in place. So big tick for that. What else was important to you when you were looking for, you know, the target? Yeah. So uh, I guess it kind of goes back to my time at Canaccord. So I spent uh, the beginning of my career at Canaccord. And during that time, I did the IPOs for a couple of successful silver companies, uh, one in particular Endeavor Silver, as well as Fortuna. So during that time, I got really comfortable with Mexico, really got comfortable with silver. So when we started Sierra Madre, uh, about five, six years ago, um, there really wasn't much of an investable silver opportunity that you could, you know, invest early stage, grow through production, grow through ounces in the ground and continue to grow. So the Lagatara asset, which really uh, you know, appealed to us was that it's a whole district. We're not just talking about one smaller mine that you can get up and running and there could be complications with that, but it's literally a whole district with incredible exploration potential. It's about 40,000 hectares. Um, there's about seven producing mines on site. So the opportunity to grow into a mid-tier just from one asset was very, very appealing to us. Right, but you got to fund all of that, right? So well, and kid coming in as a junior and saying, we, we've got district, we, you know, we've got opportunity here. It's how do you get this thing funded? So, and knowing what's coming down the line, you know, investors go, oh, we're going to be a bit nervous. 
that you know massive capex requirements sustaining capital it's 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 hard absolutely and so with this opportunity again it's pretty much built for us if you wanted to replicate a 500 ton per day facility um i don't know 60 to 80 million us uh, there's over 50 kilometers of underground you know development that's another 40 million us easily 236,000 meters of drilling have been done across the project. So you have this huge head start and it's a lot of capital that Sierra Madre is not going to need to get back into production. So when we acquired the mine, I guess uh, just over a year ago, it took a while to get through the regulatory process, but we told the market it was only going to cost us about 10 to 12 million US dollars. And we've been actively spending money. We spent about 10 million uh, so far, and we're kind of bringing that number down. So again, uh, the other thing that was quite attractive for us was again not having to go back to the market constantly. Once we're able to get back into production, generate cash flows, we will use that capital, that excess capital for exploration um, to explore the rest of the project and make this quite a bit larger. It's kind of interesting, actually, if, if you look at the sort of typical Canadian model, it's like drill to the edge of the envelope, work out how big this thing is, and then you know, hopefully flip it or have to go through the onerous process of raising capital. That's not attractive from this market. You're seeing lots of people sort of changing their their plan, their strategy, their, their their tactics. I mean, for you, do, do you feel sort of, um, do, do you feel that you actually made the right choice in a market yeah. like this? As no, it, it's you. so true. Yeah, absolutely. So this was always our strategy for the last four or five years was production. Um, especially, I think, you know, what was interesting to me was the metal price. You know, today at $22, $23 silver, it's amazing. Like there, there's a lot of money that you can be made at these prices. We look at some of the Australian miners that are have costs in Australian dollars. They're, they're producing uh, revenues hand over fist. So it's amazing. So that was always our plan. Uh, we had a lot of people say, why don't you just go, you know, drill it, you know, spend 10, 20, 30 million dollars on the ground, make something much, much bigger. And then, you know, the market will give you a huge valuation. I, I wasn't too worried about that. I, I want to build wealth here. And for us, uh, again, we're some of the largest shareholders, management founders, we still over, own over 21% of the company. So every share is dilutive. So if we're able to get into production, generate cash flows, and then explore it, still build that company, uh, but doing it with less dilution, it's, it's very attractive. Okay, so we, we recently, it's coming up to Sash Loss season over there, right? Yeah. Uh, so people are like looking through the portfolios and it, it, it's a sea of red. It, it, it's, a, it's a train wreck down there. Um, but the, they are... There's a little bit of nervous around what, what what the Fed does and what next year holds. Are we in recession, not recession, et cetera? But people will be redeploying their capital towards assets with strong fundamentals. So how do investors today in today's market value companies? How should they be valuing companies? That's a great question. So um, whenever I was on the other side and I'm an investor, I have a decent sized portfolio and I invest in various sectors, things like that. So what I look for generally is, is best in class. So if you're looking, whether it's lithium, whether it's silver or gold, whether it's copper, I want something that has the potential for a large resource, but also whether it be production or quick to production. And that's gonna, those are the first ones that move. Whenever we see a bull market in, in any type of quantity, any type of market, those are the ones that move first. So those are the opportunities you wanna be looking at. Right, okay. And what about silver? Let's talk to me about silver. It's, it's, been, it's usually, it's got a sort of erratic reputation somewhat. Yes, it follows gold violently sometimes yeah. and, and others <laughs> not, right? So it's been, it's, been, it's been a tough space for precious metal over the last three years. What's the future for silver? Yeah, it's a great question. So I've always liked silver. Uh, I also like gold, obviously. Uh, what I love about silver, it's not just a store of value, as you see with gold. It's also used in a lot of processes. And right now, the whole obviously, the EV thematic is growing. Um, solar panels, I, I think I read somewhere that the amount of silver going to be used now, what's being used in about 10 years, 50% of 
all silver used around the world would just be solar panels. So you have this, uh, I guess, manufacturing component of silver, not just store uh, value. So you get a bit of both, which is great. Um, I've also seen, you know, incredible silver bull runs uh, again with Fortuna and with Endeavor, where the share prices, you know, appreciated immensely, and it was really on the backs of, back of silver. So you still have these uh, silver bugs um, that you know believe the price is going to go sky high, which would be amazing. Uh, I'm not discounting that, and it would be wonderful for us. Uh, but again, at these prices, I see the usage growing no matter what. Industrial is important, and it's still always going to be a store of value uh, under some terms. So you get a bit of both. Um, what's great about Mexico is it is the largest producer of silver in the world. There aren't that many primary silver mines, uh, which is one of the advantages of Sierra Madre. A lot of them are you know, lumped in, whether it's a, a lead zinc concentrate or something like that. So to have a, a primary silver mine uh, really allows us to control our costs a little better. Um, also gives us a better upside uh, in terms of silver appreciation down the road. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And I think, so. again, generally, just going to finish off for um, investors here. Um, you've described your your model and why you, why you chose that. And I'm sure there's a few um, explorers in Mexico and elsewhere wishing that they, they were following uh, likewise. Um, how, again, do you see this market going out? Oh, clearly, there's going to be a shakeout. There's either going to be companies that go under, there's going to be some M&A, there's going to be some uh, spin-outs, farmers, the usual stuff of just yeah. you know changing the story and changing the narrative just to survive. Um, but for, for Mexico, do you, are you positive about what the, what the future holds? I, I think so. So a few things on that. Um, there's too many popcos out there, to be honest. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. There are too many companies. Um, you know, there's been a, a number of these cycles. A few of them go under. I'm always hoping it's more, but it never happens. For whatever reason, there'll be another bump up, whether it's cannabis or, or something along those lines that save a lot of these companies and manager teams, unfortunately, but it does happen. Uh, M&A, I, I think, is going to be an important factor moving forward. Uh, I know some of the bigger firms are still actively looking. Uh, they like Mexico. Um, again, even though there are some regulatory issues on developing a new mine, you can still get things done. Uh, it's the same as anywhere else in the world. What's great about Mexico is it's usually not politicized. It is more merit-based. Uh, as long as you do environmental engineering, that's great. You can push these these projects forward. So I see an opportunity where, you know, if I had a bunch of cash right now, I'd be buying up quite a few Mexican assets personally. Uh, I think, you know, government changes, things change, and it is such a big part of the Mexican economy. Uh, mining uh, is huge, and it, they can't stop it. You know, tourism is also very important, obviously, but mining is, is such a big factor. And these jobs pay so well. Uh, and the way that people mine nowadays is so much different from long ago and uh, environmental issues or anything like that are really gone in terms of doing things properly. 